0: Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 17 of the KDH uh, podcast. This is probably one of my biggest podcasts so far. Today, we're joined by Sam Briggs. How are you doing, Sam?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good, good. Um, So um, what we will get started? Usually the podcast, we have a bit of a topic, but the topic today is you. So I'm going to be just going to ask you about a few different things. So we'll start off. um, What's your story, and where are you now? A bit of a brief insight to you, Sam.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, always been, so from Leeds, uh, West Yorkshire, uh, then moved over to Manchester when I was around 24-ish, 25, yeah, something like that, um, and yep, yeah, always been into sport growing up, but just did like a lot of sports, uh, played football, rugby, uh, ran mountain bike, did karate, did kickboxing, just kind of like anything that I could kind of get my hands on or wanted to do. Did a little bit of swimming when I was younger. Um, so was very active. Um, but the main sport was football. And then when I retired from football uh, at the age of, well, probably around that, like 20, 26, 25, 26, I was looking for something else to do. I was a firefighter at the time, so I used to be fit for the fire service. So I did a lot of running, used to cycle to work. Uh, So I ended up falling into doing triathlons and duathlons. And then somebody recommended doing CrossFit to get in stronger for the triathlons. Qualified for my first CrossFit Games in 2010 and decided that that was far more fun than doing triathlons yeah. and focused on CrossFit from then, taking it as a, a professional athlete from
0: 2013. That's nice. Pretty amazing. That's a nice insight. To it. It's pretty weird because I have read your book. And I'm sitting asking these questions. You're the first person I've had on. That I've, you've got a book that I've read. So, um, And I'm sitting going, I know these answers here. Um, so, like, can I talk about a bit of those few points there? Like, do you think that, like, me growing up personally, I was never, like, sporty. I was probably what you would consider someone that's not, like, sort of – I wasn't naturally, like, gifted with anything at all when I've had to work at it. Do you think that your well-roundedness of training and everything that you've done really contributed towards CrossFit? I think uh, –
1: Everything that I've done um, helped create my, like, engine. Yeah. So that's definitely my strength in CrossFit, and that definitely comes from everything that I've done, like, growing up. Like, even when I played football, I, I was the one that would be lasting the 90 minutes and would just be expected to run for the full 90 minutes. Yeah. I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the most, like, skillful football player but I could definitely like endure and like make sure that I was the first back to the ball and yeah. so I think from a young age it was developing that engine uh, from there Uh I definitely had to work a lot harder on the gymnastics and the lifting side of things
0: no no that's it's, a, it's amazing I think uh, I watched a post that Tia Tumi put up earlier and it was like pretty humbling to see that like you didn't get into CrossFit till you were what age then? So twenty seven.
1: Yeah, twenty seven when I first started.
0: That's pretty amazing. And Tia To so me, put a picture, a video up, and it was basically of when she was first Olympic lifting, and it wasn't even yeah. that long. It wasn't even that long ago, and I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, how is that is unbelievable? Like the it, like how someone picks something up like it's it's amazing." But um, like for anyone that's not into CrossFit that's listening in, like when Sam said there that. Going like when you tried out, it was pretty modest. The way that you said it, like qualifying for the games, statistically speaking, that is like I, I've read it in a book before. It's insane. Like um the title that you get when you do um, when you compete at CrossFit is winning it is the fittest on earth. So it is, it's it's pretty appropriately named as well. And to even get to, obviously they've changed the way that they do. They don't have regionals anymore, don't they?
1: No. So the qualification process has um, changed over the years. When I first qualified in 2010, we had something called sectionals. So I had to qualify out of UK and Ireland and then the top three from UK and Ireland qualified for regionals, which that year was in Sweden. So ours was the European regionals Yeah. and then top three from every region then qualified for the the games. Yeah. Um, And then the year after was 2011 and that's when they brought the first open uh, qualification in, which then led regionals.
0: So what have you, like, because obviously they do sanctional events right now, which is obviously kind of opening up um, CrossFit to more people around the world as well. What do you think of them? I seen I watched the Dubai one last year in 2019. That was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, no, I enjoy, like, I enjoy competing. So, The sectionals definitely plays more to kind of that sort of athlete because it gives more opportunities to have some higher level competitions. It's not just regionals and the games. There's multiple throughout the year, so you can actually kind of shape your own season instead of it having to be. You get one shot in May. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually like plan your season. So how it normally went like the last two years of sanctionals for me was um, I like to do, I don't like to have a long off season. So my competitions would normally be to the back end of the year, the beginning of the next year. But unfortunately because of COVID, we've got no competitions until next year. So yeah. it's going to be a very different uh, year for me for
0: 2021. Yeah. No, no, it's it's it's, it's impressive. Just obviously, how they go about things. But the, I think what the what I like about the sanctional thing now, it's made it a bit more like a for a spectator point of view. It's made it a bit more entertaining as well. Like the Dubai one's pretty it's pretty grand, isn't it? Like it was impressive seeing like, see all the, um, the air runners and the assault bikes on the beach and all that. Like that was pretty cool. And then doing like a sea swim straight off of an air runner and all that. It's, it's cool. It makes it a bit more like, like a bit more Hollywood, isn't it?
1: Oh, definitely. And I think uh, when we had regionals, every region had to have the same workouts. So every weekend you'd just be watching different athletes but complete in the same events. Whereas with the sanctions, you can get a different kind of feel for every competition. So uh, for example, I did one, the Australian championships. And so they had like a big like, beach event on the first day. Um, I did the one in Iceland. So their first day was a mountain run <laughs> so yeah. it's like you you get to do stuff that is kind of unique to their area yeah and then you do the traditional kind of crossfit workouts as well but then you but it's cool to do something kind of that nobody else would be able to do
0: yeah no I know so like talking about about like I remember watching like I think it was like a it was like a trail run I don't know what games it was maybe like 2015 at the ranch or something I think it was
1: 2016
0: 2016 yeah and um you absolutely you came was it second after matthew fraser uh
1: third i beat yeah i beat brent fkowski to the line for third Aye.
0: he'll never live that down will he no, <laughs> no that's impressive like it's not in like a like you know what i mean it's i'm not being in like a, a sexist way at all but i mean in like it's just so impressive to be up there with like the, the level of like the men and stuff as well it's, it's it's amazing like it's it's so so impressive that's what i love about crossfit that you'll go there and there's no like diversity is just so it's it's just completely open like people will go in and it's just whatever someone's strong at and then like yeah. they will dominate on it and um, who is your who's your favorite person to compete against
1: uh uh I don't know. I've competed against a lot of them over the years and you definitely, um, start to make friendships with them. Yeah. Um, so like competing against them, they're all going to push you. Um, uh, I think the nice thing as well about CrossFit is you tend to then like we'll have training camps and stuff like that. And then training, training with each other and pushing each other like outside of competition which is unique, I think, to CrossFit, not a lot of other sports. Yeah, no, I know. Do that.
0: No, it's impressive because, like, you go to, like, you compare it to, like, Scottish football, and it's, like, the rivalries are actually, like, shocking. (laughs) And then you go to CrossFit, and it's, like, even though you're competing against someone, you're, like, cheering them on at the same time. And, like, if that person stood on the podium next to you, it's it's pretty impressive to see it. But it's a a, a good sport. I started doing... um, actual CrossFit. i used to be in the military then we done like that style of training in there and stuff but i actually started only doing actual crossfit in a box like last year um but like i love it it's such a it's so good because it it's just it's hard and there's there's no way around it but like it just it's such a nice community and everyone really really pushes each other on and it's like everyone's welcome it's not like whereas i think some things can be a bit like i don't know like clicky and then, But that, it's just, it's, it's such a, everyone can't, everyone just wants to see other people do well at it, which is such a good thing. Um, but yeah, so what was I going to add on to the next point there? So um, one of the points like you, you said about, you mentioned, the next question I've put on is like, why and how did you stumble across CrossFit? You've kind of answered that already. But um, you mentioned the fire service. How long were you in the fire service for?
1: So I was in the fire service for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, like, I loved it. Definitely, definitely, I think, helped me for CrossFit. Just kind of like that mindset and just the hard work. And like if you're out at a job uh, through the night, you've had no sleep and you have no idea when you're going to be finished, you're tired, you're hungry, but you still just keep on working, that definitely is a good mindset going into CrossFit when competitions can be like up to a week long. By the end of the week, you're tired, you're hungry, (laughs) everything's hurting, but you've just got to keep going.
0: Yeah. So one of the things I've always wanted to ask is from everything I've always watched, these are just questions I'm throwing in now, like, because I'm thinking about it. Like, see on some of the days where you do like multiple events and I mean, these events, what is your recovery? Like, how do you feel going into And say, for example, when you've done something that's maybe like an overhead max effort, overhead squat, which is so taxing on the body, then you're going to do like a Metcom workout after it. How do you feel between them?
1: Uh, like each each event will be different. I think one of the hardest ones to recover from was in 2015 after the Murph event. Like everybody was severely um, dehydrated. A lot of people had heat stroke. And the recovery then to go and um, do a max lift after that uh, was definitely like hard I mean anybody who doesn't know about the 2015 Murph event it's um, a mile running you do 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups 300 air squats followed by another uh, mile run and you're in a weighted vest and they did it in California at midday and I think temperatures were reaching 100 plus on the the stadium where we were doing the, the workout there were a lot of people withdrew from the competition after that event because of like heat related stroke and injuries. And that was definitely an interesting one to try, <laughs> to try and like, recover from. Yeah. But, but, that, but at the end of the weekend, that's where it's all about like especially some of the competitions, it's survival. It's it's not just how can you do a workout, it's how can you recover, how can you perform consistently throughout the the weekend.
0: Yeah, And um, it's, I suppose it's one of those things, like I always talk about this on, on my social media posts and stuff, and people talk about like, you hear the classic thing, like how long should I be resting? People say 24 to 48 hours, and I'm like, well, and I always use the example of like a CrossFit athlete and comparing it to – we Susan or Gary that goes to park run on a Saturday it's incomparable you can't like someone's ceiling in the recovery adapts within them but I just think that you guys work at such a, a high level that it's it's insane like it's actually it's so impressive it's admirable because you're like how are they doing that like that is insane well um that Muth um, event looked like a it looked like a bomb had went off after it people were getting carried away in stretchers and everything weren't they um yeah. I know but that's it's crazy because like see the muff do you always do it weighted, I've only ever done it once but I didn't do it weighted. Is that always a weighted workout? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of the hero workouts because they are like honouring um, people who've been in the mil- military, a lot of them are like you wear a weight vest because it's kind of uh, replicating that they would be wearing their body armour
0: yeah if anyone doesn't know listening in right now the muff is named after michael murphy and if anyone's ever seen the movie lone survivor um he's the um lieutenant or the american say lieutenant um, that got killed in action and that's his workout i think it was his favorite workout i think that's what but i think like there's dave castro and that he was like friends with him i think he was yeah
1: like he was a navy seal was castro so the hero workouts um uh, definitely like are a favorite of his to kind of like throw out there to kind of honor people that he's known and worked with and showcase them. No, I like, I
0: like the full buy-in, buy-out com- concept because it's like you do it in the way in, you're like, oh my God, that was terrible. Now I need to do like X, Y, and Z in the middle. Then you need to do it with legs like lead because you're just dying. <laughs> you're like, um, it's a completely different buy buy-out. The buy-out's always different to the buy-in. Um, so yeah, like a couple of points I wanted to ask you about. What was it like to actually win? Was it the 2013 games that you won?
1: Yep. What was that like to
0: be the fittest on earth?
1: Uh, it was definitely... But, um, so, 2012, I had to withdraw from competition through injury. So it was two years, kind of in the making. I came fourth in 2011, and it was always in my like mind that okay, I've come this close. I can, I can make it <laughs> onto the podium. So it was like two years of hard work to to get up there. Uh, I made a lot of changes in my life. I took a career break from the fire service. I went out to America to train with um, other top athletes just to give myself the best chance that I possibly could to to get onto that podium.
0: No, oh, definitely. And then when
1: you, find, when you yeah. finally, like, your name's called out, it's just like, is this real?
0: Yeah. Have I, I... just
1: kind of, like, dreamt this now or, like...
0: Yeah. It's a massive moment and it's, it's something that obviously you should be massively proud of. But I think that's, see, sometimes, like, I always uh, use the example of when I'm, again, I'm talking to folk and I'm using athletes, for example, uh, as examples. And people always say things like, oh, but they're just gifted. And you're like, no, like, you might feel like they're, they're extremely consistent people. They are like the most, like, athletes like yourself or anyone that's involved in the games are the most consistent people you will ever find. Like, you were just saying how it was two years in the making, but no one ever sees that. Everyone yeah. just sees you on the podium. And I think it's 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 nice to hear that as well. It's humbling to see that obviously two years is a long time. You know what I mean? That's a it's a grind and um it's it's as you said as well, it's your full life without realizing it, contribute everything that you do contributes towards it. Um and it's not just one thing. I was talking about this, I don't know if you've read Ross edgeley's book. Um I've finished it. Yeah, The Art of Resilience. And yeah. I was talking about this today when I was out on that run and I was saying that it's not one specific thing that he trained that got him the way he did it was that well-roundedness of like all the other examples that he'd done it was like because folk would say what was his training was like well his training was specific to what he was doing but yeah. you need to realize that he's done a lot of stuff that is like basically about his mental resilience and his physical how much stress he can demand, cope with and i think that's i'll be the same with yourself as well but then that specific training for that two years where they really drove you to there but Oh, that's impressive Um, another thing as well was um, i'm asking i've wrote down loads of wee questions that i read out of your book the 2000 meter row how see um when you rocked up for that indoor rowing competition and won the british uh, how pissed off were the indoor rows because you're not an indoor roller, you're a crossfitter um uh,
1: so i mean like a lot of the like um uh, top rowers are heavyweight rowers and I'm classed as a lightweight rower. Oh, okay. so, um, I didn't go and like take the British record of a lot of the big six foot tall like women. But one of the things that I'll always kind of like stick with me is the first time that I did it and I won, I like fall off the rower given everything that I've done. A guy comes over and he's like looking at my screen and he's like, I have no idea how he did that. I was like, "What?" He's like, "That was the worst technique that I've ever seen <laughs> on a rower." But well done. And I was like, oh, "Thank you." <laughs> thanks. I think.
0: Yeah. Was it just all arms?
1: <laughs> oh, I have no idea. I was just like probably that, doing anything and everything.
0: I've literally just got a concept to a row for the garage because you know what? Yeah. I read your book and I seen that time, and I was like. I, I didn't, like, I think, like, you know how, like, some people just naturally have the certain physiques for certain sports? I think I should have been born a rower. Like, that's, like, I'm, I'm, I've got a, just a good rowing pace. And yeah. I was like that. Someone told me that a good rowing time for under two, 2,000 meters was sub-8 minutes. So I was like, right, I'm going to do sub-7 minutes without even looking at any of the – and I was in the yeah. gym one day when my old gym that I used to work in, and I was, like, done it, 6.52 and i was looking at your time and then it made me go and look online and i'm only like 20 seconds off the british heavyweight record so i've got a i've got a concept to roll in the garage but it inspired me to try and do it but 20 yeah. seconds off of that sort of speed is is the 2000 meter row is the worst thing ever like it's actually like terrible like yeah you come off it and you're just like this is the, this is just just the lactic acid is just insane um yeah but- it's
1: like um- so my best is 703, and I've hit it exactly, like, twice. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, like, sees that, and they're like, oh, yeah, sub seven. And I'm like, they don't realize, like, right. how hard it is Appreciate to, like, that. get that three seconds.
0: I know. You, of, need, like... to drop, you <laughs> need to drop your split by nearly a minute, nearly a second every single time. And because it's, it's so short, it's, not, it's, it's literally just over a mile. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not even a mile and a half. It's, like, 1.2 miles, and it's just – you are literally going for it as hard as you can. Like, see those Concept Two machines. It's exact, I don't know what it is about them, but they're just the worst. You just come off them feeling like, how did I, it feels worse than running. Like you're like, cause there's like a resistance in it. So there's yeah. like a little bit of resistance. So it's like, you can it's almost as if you can exert beyond a point. I always talk about that. Like saying like, if I was doing like a max effort sprint, sometimes I taper off. Whereas here on a rowing machine, I feel like I can just go beyond where I, and then you end up, cause I always roll off of the rowing machine. You just get so fucked by them, but they are they're good. Um, as well, like one of the points I wanted to ask: what is the what's the worst workout you've ever done?
1: Uh, I think it'd probably be the Dubai one, the acid bath.
0: I've wrote that down. I wrote that down next to the notes. I was going to ask you if that was it. That looked terrible.
1: Just the like pure amount of like lactic acid like in your body and. I mean, like, if anybody like Googles it or looks back at the footage, there's people coming off the bike and like they're falling. They can't run to the finish line. They've finished the workout, but they can't actually get over the finish line to stop their time.
0: Right.
1: Um, and it's kind of for me, because it finished on the bike. Um, so it was, I think it was ski into row into bike. It was something like yeah, it
0: was like a thousand meters.
1: Yeah, five hundred meters ski, yeah, 500 500 meter ski five meter row, thousand meter bike. So, um, because I'm one of the like smaller athletes, um, my body weight doesn't play to any advantage on the um, ski or the row. So a lot of the bigger athletes could put more power into that. So, I just kind of had to like try and stay with them. And then on the the bike, I can just got a much higher cadence. Yeah. um, And just try and like catch them. So, I was behind, I think I was like in maybe like seven, four, eight getting onto the bike. And I was just giving everything. And if you could, your screens are all linked up. So, I could see when I was gaining on people. Um, And then I. like i could just feel then the lactic like start to build up in my legs and my lungs are screaming and then i don't know if like anybody's worked out that hard before that their vision starts going black
0: yeah
1: the, like blackness is like going in so i just had to like scream and i was just like ah! <laughs> again. I was like, okay, okay, keep going, keep going. And then it'd start going black and I'd scream and my judge like had no idea what's going on. He's just like, keep going. <laughs> uh, you're nearly there. Uh... <laughs> but I just had no cho- choice. I'm like, I have to do this. And I could see that I was gaining and that I, I could like come second. I mean, Laura Horrath was like miles away from anybody to like catch is that like the I
0: Hungarian that, like, girl? Yeah. She's a she came off that and wasn't even bothered. Like she was yeah. literally like, like it was everyone else up, was like right. on the floor and she was like that. Alright, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Um sorry, I interrupted you there, Sam. What were you saying? No,
1: no, 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 that was right. And then yeah, so it was just like everything I had and then fell over the line and then I couldn't move until they were trying to drag us off for the like, guy's heat to come on.
0: Yeah. What like see so obviously i I was one of the things i've been thinking about as well is i've always got like when i'm doing something like pretty taxing and in my head like just doing that i was talking to you about the other half iron man and like towards the end and what do you do as a technique to break up something see if it's like just tremendously hard and the pain like what you were experiencing there what did you what do you do as like a technique
1: you've got kind of like so like self-motivation or self like positive talks are good thing, especially if it's a longer event. You like keep telling yourself, oh, I feel great, this is easy. And just like trying to, it's kind of like the Ross edgeley was saying about the smile theory. Yeah. it's kind of like based upon the same thing, like the positive thoughts and the positive like feedback to yourself, like keeps your brain like in a positive mindset. Yeah. If you're thinking, oh, my legs are tired. Oh, this is hurting you're like then more likely to succumb to like the fatigue factors and to start slowing down and to start like wanting to give in. But if you're constantly trying to give positive feedback and positive things, it's a lot easier to keep going and feel like you can give more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then when you're doing things, like break things down into what you know you can handle. So um, like the first time, we had the half marathon row at the games. This was before anybody really did any sort of like endurance training. The longest I'd ever rode at the time was 10K. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to break it down into 10K. I know I can do 10K. So every, I would like kind of reset my mindset every 10K.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That's what I was doing there on that run where I was just coming back and like everything was just in pain. And I was just going, well, it's only a mile and a half. I can usually run a mile and a half at this pace. And if you're doing this, and it's relating to it back because it, like see as well, if you, let, if, you give, if you succumb to that pain, you can actually see when someone, see when that like uh, me coaching all people and maybe putting them through a conditioning session or even watching all people train and myself train is you can actually see when someone gives in to their head See when they give in to that point where they go, and you, you can see them, they're getting their breath back. Their muscles aren't as fatigued. It's just their head is going, no, you can't do yeah. this. You can't. And I think what you were saying is just trying to override that because it's, it's in uh, Ross Edgley's book, Central Governor Theory. The, like, your body, it's the, David Goggins says it, the 40% rule. You actually, it's, you're basically, your body's basically, your head's trying to tell you to slow down. Because it's like I don't. What are you doing to me, Christian Samantha, What are you doing to our bodies? Like, so I'm gonna just say, stop doing this. And that's what you're just trying to override, doesn't it? It's. Uh, but I can imagine that's something you do on a regular basis. Do you see when you train to intensity? Do you do it all the time? Like, so like, what's your sort of split like in regards to like a really really? See if you were trained on a day to day basis. Do you always do like a really really hard intensity workout every day?
1: No. I'm- And the season definitely changes and stuff. uh, But you just have to be careful, kind of like how much stress you put in on your body. So, depending on what the focus is on training, either that day or that cycle, then that has to be the main stressor. So, if you're going through like a hard um, strength cycle, then that has to be your most stressful, especially if you're wanting to maximize like your returns from the strength cycle if you're then going to do like a big high intensity workout after then you're taking away from that uh, strength work that you've done yeah so it's definitely like day to day will change depending on what the focus is but also in the time of the season and what the focus is kind of in that cycle of training
0: no no it's it's, this one of the things that again it was Ross result. I'm sitting literally knee dropping this guy nonstop in his other book and he was talking about like the cover of adaptations and it's like you almost dilute the potency of other things. Like if you just try and do everything, if you try and be a jack of all trades in the same day, your body just won't adapt. You're just basically gonna be like it's gonna be like, What's going on? Why are you doing all this to me? But again, I suppose it's something that you do learn the more like even though that you ha do you do all your own programming or have you got it from a coach or
1: I work with a coach called James Downsay. He's based in the UK. All
0: right, okay. And um, like I can imagine there'll be a lot of feedback from you and him about how you felt and stuff during and after sessions and that.
1: Yeah, and he definitely keeps a rein (coughs) on me because I definitely like to do more than I probably should. Uh, It definitely helps working with a coach.
0: No, no, that's and I suppose that's why you've got a coach as well, though, isn't it? Like you could, you shouldn't. Like I suppose it's not that you couldn't do things like this on your own, but like it's just you're going to optimize what you're doing having that sort of like. I think like the power even like you like you'll be able to like sort of resonate with this as well. Like the power of having a coach there is just even someone telling you that you can do something. See if you've maybe got a bit of doubt or you've you've got something in the back of your mind, and just having that person there to say it's all right, you can do it. Like it's it's such a powerful tool.
1: Um, having somebody in your corner, but also as well, I think the risk that comes from if you program for yourself, you're always going to be thinking that you've not done enough or that yeah. oh, somebody else is doing this. I need to be doing that. Whereas yeah. it needs to be about what you need to do. And if yeah. you're on Instagram and you're seeing other people's training and stuff, you're like, I should be doing that. I should be doing that. And then all of a sudden you're doing nine hours a day of training and none of it is actually what you actually need to be doing.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, And that's the thing with, like, the thing that's so impressive about CrossFit, again, anyone that doesn't know CrossFit, it is everything and anything. It's literally, like, like some of the games, like, I've watched some of the stuff, I'm like, how have they even thought that up? It'll be like a pegboard into a pig and you just flip a big box and you're like, what even is this? (laughs) It's so, it's, it's, you have to be ready for, anything and everything. And I suppose that must be such a challenge to program for that. Because um, obviously you don't know what you're going to be cut. But I suppose, as we were saying already, that general preparedness, well-roundedness really, really gives you that edge anyway. Um, yeah. It'd be different if you just done like, you just worked on concept two machines and done strength. You know what I mean? Like the minute they put a rope in front of you, you be like, what, like, or um, well, anything else. But um, I suppose it is that well-roundedness. Um, I've got my questions here. And um, so, what, like, you as an athlete, like, what's your biggest inspiration and what really drives you? What makes you like show up every day? And the way that you were talking about that two two years of commitment to the games and the way that you've been doing this for the past ten years, like, the eleven. I think it's eleven years or ten years. Sorry, I don't wait. Yeah, uh, no, I started in two
1: thousand and nine, so eleven years now. Um, I just always enjoyed kind of like pushing myself and seeing what I was capable of. And, um, I think that's what makes like training for it. And even though I've been doing it now for 11 years, I still enjoy training. There's still, um, no matter how long you've been doing CrossFit, there's new things that come out and there's the standards are always being raised so you can never just kind of relax there's always things to work on there's always things to improve on um and that's what makes like training so rewarding is you never kind of at that stage where you're like well i can't I can't do any better than this. There's always something you can tweak a technique, or you can like change the style of something, or you can, you've got gymnastics to work on, you've got Olympic lifting to work on. You've got to go swimming today. You've got to go run today. Or we're gonna mix and we're gonna do a run, swim, run, and we're gonna take a sandbag down there. <laughs> so it's just everything keeps evolving and changing. And uh yeah, I just I love training and. I don't think I'm done yet. I can still, I can still push. I don't that, think you are either.
0: <laughs> I think you're only getting started. <laughs> um No, um it's, it's one of those things. It's like a bit of a playground, doesn't it? CrossFit, like you're going out there and you're just like, oh, what is it today? Going in and being like, what's going on? Like as you said, it's so different. So, like, talk to me a bit about the current games, like, um, like. I wasn't, I wasn't like, a lot of folk probably, but just to clarify, I have read your book and I did do a bit of reading up before, in case anyone's like, Christian, there was a lot about Samantha. Um, <laughs> what I didn't really keep up to date in the current games, which I am quite ashamed about, because I've got you on the podcast, but I've been busy. And cause it's all been on YouTube, I've not seen it. Um, talk to me a bit about that and like, how you got on with it and how you found it, because it's obviously been different.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we went, this has probably been one of the longest seasons ever. Uh, they changed the Open uh, last season and it was in uh, like October time. So we basically started qualifying for the game, the games in October and didn't do the current games until the end of September. Uh, just with COVID, they kept changing the format of the games and in the end they decided on just having 30 females and 30 males. So it was the top 20 from the open qualification along with the 10 sanctional athletes. So yeah. I got my place through Dubai. Yeah. Uh, they were moving the games from uh, Madison back to California and it was gonna be back at the ranch. So I was super excited because uh, being kind of outdoors at the ranch and stuff, uh, coming more from an endurance background, that means more sort of like trail runs, kind of outdoorsy events, and uh, probably some like very good, like traditional CrossFit workouts. So that would have definitely like, played to kind of like my advantage there. Uh, But then because of COVID things changed again, and they made the games into a two part. So the 30 athletes were doing an online now kind of games which was the um the friday and the saturday not last weekend but the weekend before then from that they're only taking the top five uh to the ranch now
0: yeah and so and and that's they take the last five to the ranch and that's the sort of final win is that
1: yep so that's uh i think like the 18th i want to say of october
0: yeah that's cool. Uh, and you came twenty fifth, was it?
1: I did. Yep. Uh, yeah. So not. It's one of those weird things. I was happy with my performances over the weekend. The workouts were all pretty short and pretty heavy. Yeah. So anybody who knows me knows I'm more suited for longer workouts and kind of like lighter, moderate, like barbell workouts. So nothing really kind of like screamed out to me. Uh, but I had a lot of personal wins over the weekend. I think my best finish on the like heavy workout was the uh, friendly Fran. Friend. That definitely wasn't very friendly. That was
0: terrible. <laughs> uh,
1: and then I managed to, uh, it wasn't a like lifetime PR, but like post-surgery PR uh, squat on my front squat. uh And then a lot of the other workouts, one of them that I didn't even think I was going to finish was the Nasty Nancy. There were 75 overhead squats at uh, 125. So that's like 56 kilos. I only weigh 60 kilos. And I had to do 75 overhead squats with that. I was thinking, I was like, oh, I was asking my judge, I'm like, oh, what's the time cap? They're like, there is no time cap. I'm like,
0: oh, my God.
1: Oh. But I got through it all. I did it in like twenty-four minutes, and um, wow. and I I think I, t- I think I was actually twenty-fifth on that workout. Yeah. Out of the out of the thirty, so I didn't I didn't come last on it either. I was like, wow, I was like, I didn't do too bad. <laughs>
0: That's a pretty grueling workout, isn't it? Like seventy-five. What was it? Overhead squats, you say?
1: Yeah. So it was five rounds, five hundred meter run, fifteen overhead squats, uh, fifteen bar facing burpees.
0: Oh my god, that just sounds so bad. <laughs> that um I seen the the didn't see you do it in the video, but I seen a few videos of Matthew Fraser and Tia Tumi do the um friendly Fran. Friend. That looks what was it, three sets, 21, thrusters and 21 yeah. pull ups, three sets? Yeah. That's so bad. I just it's like just so much borrowing 63 thrusters and sixty three pull ups. And then was it not like a rest then straight into like a uh, max effort front squat?
1: Yeah, that was the going into the front squat.
0: Oh my god, how did you get on with that?
1: So I got a two-two-five pounds, so that was a hundred and two, um, like just over a hundred and two kilos, and I've not squatted over a hundred kilos for a long time. Yeah. So I was pretty stoked to to get that. That's impressive. Uh,
0: I find it so impressive, but like that's it's that strong, but element the fact that you can put your legs and your heart and your lungs under duress with that cardio conditioning but then you can be like get under a barbell and be like right I'm going to get right to the ground with this and smash a seriously heavyweight it's impressive um, No, it's so like the, the games was did you do them all at the gym at your own gym
1: yeah so they sent a judge out to you um, you were given like a, a time that you had to hit the workout, so you could only hit the workout once um, you had to film it um and then you had a registered judge that was there to um confirm it and to like no rep you if you weren't meeting the standards.
0: Yeah. Um like do you think like CrossFit's grown massively? How old is it now? It's not even that old. It's like
1: Uh, the first games was in two thousand and seven, I wanna say.
0: I think I seen recently a banner for it and it was actually just funny to see it. It was just like this little really, really poorly edited picture, but I was like, it's amazing to see that and how much it's grown. I think it's only just going to keep growing because there's now like more and more people from like, obviously it's big in the States, big in the UK, it's big in all these sort of main areas, but like you're now going to parts of the world that never had it. Is it not huge in Brazil now? It's like enormous.
1: Yeah, like uh, we did one of the open announcements in Brazil and it was crazy. We were in an arena and it was like me versus Kristen Holly and the arena was packed. It was like we'd packed a regionals arena for just two of us competing against each other. We like walked out and we are like, what the hell? It was like amazing.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's so good. Um, Yeah. I think it will just keep growing and it will just keep going. Like now the fact that, as we said already, you've got the sanctionals. So you're giving people maybe they didn't, because there's going to be people that are gifted athletes that maybe, they're not able to get to the places where they could have done it, or they were, now they can they can get to there. Do you know what I mean? And, and give it a try. So, um, it's obviously a, a big thing. Um, so the second last question, like you're renowned for having a an engine, both physically, and mentally. We spoke about about everything. Do you think then, like a big part of that was down to your sort of background of all your sort of triathlons and duathlons?
1: Uh, I mean, like I think it was just a build up of like everything from a kid and then getting into the fire service i think was the the biggest thing whether that's something you develop as a firefighter or something that's kind of innate in you which makes you a good firefighter or makes you the type of person that would go for a job as a firefighter yeah then that um like carries over into crossfit uh, we obviously, we wanted to be fit for the job. I never wanted to be one that the guys felt oh we 've got a girl on the shift um I wanted to be one that like pulled my own weight. I wanted to be able to carry all the equipment um, I used to like cycle into work and like i'd cycle into work, run home, then run back the next morning, cycle home. so I was always doing like something fitness related, so I wanted to be like the fittest on the shift. I wanted to be like yeah the guys would be doing their bench press and squat routines and I'd always be like in the thick of it and just like always wanted to kind of like be there and kind of like be the best with them.
0: I think that that mentality goes a long way and when when I used to be in um, the air force and stuff like there was like the the same in the fire service there will be a bare minimum standard say like for your your fitness and and like but I just didn't like just getting by I just like I liked being like I want to be the top on the fitness test I want to be I want everybody to be I want to be the last person running I want to be the last person doing this I want to be the highest score and I think like you like that's just within a person isn't it individually because there was I remember like one of my mates Jamie was like that to me Christian why do you do that you still get paid the same as me (laughs) and I was like you don't get it man you don't get it it's not it's a personal thing and and obviously, that's definitely been as good. Um, obviously, that's been a big part of your shaping as well. See, um, just a, an additional question there. Like, during the, the games and stuff, when you're doing, like, on the build-up, maybe when you're doing, like, a campbell nuts. up to it, what's your daily calorie intake like?
1: Um, So, I'm normally on around – sorry, I'm going to sneeze.
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> I feel it coming. Um, so, I'm normally on kind of, like, maintenance around, like, 3000 calories and yeah. then as like training increases and towards the games then it's anything between like three three and three five but it's if i'm hungry i'll i'll eat more or i'll yeah no. or so it's not you,
0: i've watched like a few of the athletes talk about things with the like talking about how strict they are like and to me like i know that like Ah, uh, like nutrition for someone just trying to lose fat or maintain for Joe Average, it's not. It doesn't. It just genuinely needs to be a bit of like calorie control and move a bit more. Like, and I know that you take your nutrition seriously, but how is it really, really regimented? Or you not that like you? You need eat what you need, but you wouldn't worry about consuming a bit more or like what you like with it.
1: So I think like for for me, it's more um, just eating um, enough. And eating clean. If I don't eat like clean, then you don't feel as good, and you don't have that energy to put into training. Uh, I think some of the other athletes, if they come from more of a a, a strength background and they right. tend to be like on the the bigger side, then they um, have to watch their calories probably a lot more because they don't they put on muscle mass a lot easier. So they don't want to get any bigger because then it makes the endurance side and the gymnastics oh, nice. harder for them. Yeah. Whereas for me, if I do a lot of um, training, then I find it hard to keep on weight. So I have to make sure that I'm not losing my muscle gains because I'm not one of the stronger athletes anyway. So I'm like, I need to like keep on top of that and make sure that I'm eating enough to so that I don't get any smaller
0: yeah no that's it's a good way to look at it and for anyone that is listening and even obviously um Sam's a high-end athlete but like even still like you need to make sure that you're feeling appropriately and I think that's something that if anyone's going through a fat loss or something, they try and like just drop their calories and you're like that's not effective you know I mean you need to efficiently do it you need to make sure you're you're eating properly and um, so last point Sam like um what's been the highlight of your career so far as a CrossFit athlete and what's your plans for the future?
1: Um, like obviously winning in 2013 was amazing but I think like one of the biggest things like was winning Dubai which was the first sanctional in 2018 Uh, more because everybody like discounted me because I'm like at the older end and kind of come into the end of my career and I didn't even think myself that I could like win it and so i proved myself wrong and like a lot of the critics that were saying that i couldn't do it i proved them wrong so whereas in 2013 i was kind of one of the athletes in the mix to win it whereas 2018 was like a kind of like came from nowhere if you get what i mean so that kind of is a little bit more i don't mean more special but definitely is like one of the highlights
0: i suppose it's like being a bit of an underdog isn't it like people are just like doubting you and saying things and you're just like fuck you <laughs> by performance like there you go i just won <clears> that i think like if anyone hasn't watched that i think you can watch any all these sort of episodes on i keep coughing throughout this podcast i don't know why it's a really little obscure cough um the you can find all the the crossfit episodes of like the 2019 uh the sanctionals um, on Amazon, I think it is. You can get them all on there.
1: Yeah, on Netflix um, at the moment they have the documentary "Fittest in Dubai," which is the um, 2018 um, yeah. Dubai competition.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I keep. I think I keep saying 2019. I keep saying it. It was to
1: qualify for the 2019 games, so uh, it was okay. kind of like it was that season. But it was because they they're at the end of the year. That's so it. Yeah. Um, it's for the next season
0: yeah and uh is that your plans now to just keep showing people
1: up oh well (laughs) uh my plans are keep on going as long as i'm still enjoying it and my body holds together i would like to be the first athlete to like qualify as an individual at the age of 40. i think that'd be pretty cool
0: that is cool that's definitely cool is there any because i seen recently Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he done the sub five minute mile and this 500 pound squat in the same day. Is there any of these workouts set out by like Dave Castro that you're like, I want that one. Like, is is there anything like one of these mythical ones that's like, just not that one. Cause I know that 500 pounds is pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't
1: know. Like I used to, um, when he used to the program or like do the little like competitions, I remember doing one. Uh, he did, and then he actually did the workout at the games last, last year. Uh, he posted the fastest time, won something, and it was uh, thirty. It was basically Isabel thirty muscle ups for time and Grace. So it was thirty snatches, thirty muscle ups, thirty clean and jerks for time as fast as you can. Yeah. And so I remember doing that. I'd just flown into Miami and went to the gym because it was like I had, it was like the deadline he gave like a day or something to do it and because I'd been flying I was like right I only have like two hours to do it I did it and I'm pretty sure I posted the fastest time and then I was like dead after the humidity and everything yeah. just like then like floored me and I was like what a bad idea
0: yeah definitely um, no the, the workouts are like that's a, that's what we were saying earlier it's like a bit of a playground with them where they're just they're exciting when you go in and you're like what's this what can I challenge here um, but no like um, that is the end of the podcast there anyway Sam like it's been amazing to have you on um, thank you very much for um, obviously giving up the time to come on as well I really really appreciate it and um, I hope that you've enjoyed it as well is there anything else you'd like to add in before we close off
1: uh, just tell people that Enjoy training. It's not a punishment. Uh, like it should be the best hour of your day if you're getting into the gym. Yeah, go have fun and follow your dreams. You never know what will happen.
0: I know. I know. It's like look at you. You went to go there because it was like you'll. Like, this will improve this. Then all of a sudden, it's became your career. Um, yeah. No, but thank you very much, Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And um, that's the end, guys. So I'll catch you in a bit. Um, if you have listened to this podcast as well what to do is screenshot it and tag both me and Sam on your post as well. And then we'll be able to share it as well for anyone that's listening and get the message out there more because it's been a great podcast. So I'll catch you in a bit, guys. Bye.